0: Here we are, Lord, send us. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My best friend in college name was Faith. While that's not why I became a priest, her friendship surely helped. Today's her birthday, so I'm thinking about her and um, grateful for that friendship that um, goes on today. Faith and I shared well a deep faith, and that was an anomaly amongst uh, college students that we knew in the late 80s. They weren't so interested in, in church or faith. But we also shared a love for music and so we bonded over all kinds of music and uh, I remember particularly bonding over Stevie Wonder's album Songs in the Key of Life and a song that others didn't appreciate as much as we did which was from that album called Have a Talk with God and some of the lyrics sound really, really when you just speak them out loud, right? So some of the lyrics are, if you think your life's too hard, just go have a talk with God. And it rhymed when he sings it. And if life's too much to bear, go talk to God, he cares. So the music maestro uh, would sing that and Faith and I would croon along and Um, invite others to church with us and some went and some didn't. But Faith and I we did go to church together and that sounds right, correct? Faith and I went to church. However, after her husband died unexpectedly just a few years ago we were on the phone and she She told me how mad she was at God. Faith was mad at God, understandably. Tired and angry at the weight of that incredibly significant loss. And when I got off the conversation, got off the phone with her, I thought, I sure hope faith doesn't give up on God. That doesn't sound right, faith giving up on God. Now even though her grief remained with her, it wasn't too long after when she called me and she said that she wasn't giving up on God, she had just decided to argue with God instead. And She said, I simply need God. Life's too hard without him. Now this is the the call and response of our faith. The call of God, the invitation of God into faithfulness, even when we don't understand why things have to be the way they are. And the response that we have to that invitation to hang in there even when we think we've done everything we can. The call and response of faith. The poet Paul Lawrence Dunbar struggled faith with his faith And that's reflected in this prayer, which is actually a poem that he wrote. And he said, or wrote, O Lord, the hard-won miles have worn my stumbling feet. O soothe me with thy smile and make my life complete. The thorns were thick and keen where'er I trembling trod. The way was long between my wounded feet and God. Where healing waters flow, do thou my footsteps lead. My heart is aching, so thy gracious balm I need. That, I think, is the call and response of the invitation of God to hope, even when your wounded feet and God... Between your wounds and God, the road seems long. Paul Lawrence Dunbar was one of the most prominent African-American poets of his time in the late 1890s, just a little bit around after the time that this church was founded. And I can tell you there has been struggle and growth in the call and response to how to hope with our faith intact as our lives, as our world, as our church has changed back and forth. The call and our response, God's invitation and our response in faith to the hope to which God calls us. I put both those things in the context of the scriptures today. Both those human beings and their faith journey. Put them in the context of the scripture, of the the soon-to-be disciples who are just trying to do their job and Though working hard are not getting it done. After fishing all night, the soon-to-be disciples seemed ready to give up. They were ready to give up. But then this teacher, this Jesus, wants to use one of their boats to get out of the crowd and teach. And so... Good Lord only knows how long that lecture lasted. But then they were still there. And he, instead of saying, you know, just drop me off at the shore and go get some rest. He said, let's go out into the deep water. You're going to keep fishing. There they were, tired, defeated, achy, upset. And Jesus came up to them while they were in this condition, and asked them to keep going. And they tried to explain to him. They said, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. It's time to be practical. They might have said, it's time to cut our losses. We've been doing this all night long, and we're the professionals, dude. We are tired. It's too much. It won't work. I imagine them thinking that in their heads as they, they look at this teacher. And then I imagine Jesus' face as they explained why they didn't want to go back out again. And they complained about all the work they had done, thinking about what his expression might have looked like. What was Jesus' expression as they were saying, resisting his request? Was it serene, like all those wonderful pictures of Jesus looking serene? Or was it mean, like just do it? That mom stare that gets you to, to just go ahead and stop arguing. I, I, of course, I don't know. But something happened, and they, they, although they resisted his instructions at first, then they relented and decided to do what he said. They looked at him and basically said, we don't think this will work any better than it did before, but they did it anyway. Their reply became, yet, if you say so. If you say so. It's a good mantra for us these days. If you say so, God, when you're ready to give up or frustrated or even just grumpy, ready to explain and complain, remember this phrase. Yet if you say so, if you say so, okay, we will try again. The Wonderful, Episcopal laywoman, Verna Dozier, wrote a book called, entitled, The Dream of God. The Dream of God, A Call to Return. And in that book she wrote, I will live by the best I can discern today. Tomorrow, I may find out I was wrong. Side note, maybe it won't work what God is asking, but I'll do it anyway. Tomorrow, I may find out I was wrong, but since I do not live by being right, I cannot be destroyed by being wrong. Here I am, Lord, send me. Yet, if you say so. Now this is the call and response of obedience to Christ. The call, the back and forth, the invitation, and the renewed acceptance. The call and response of obedience. The call is to follow In obedience, to follow God in Christ, God in spirit, God in creation, and that call is always an invitation, an invitation to obedience, to exhaustion, to abundance, and to relationship. The obedience of the disciples led them to cast their nets again, to have them filled to the point of breaking, and then... And then what they did was they left all of that abundance for someone else. They left all that they had caught and they followed Jesus. Can you imagine working so hard, finally achieving all that abundance, and they left that fish for others to eat and to sell and to salt dry for the future? But it is the ones called by Jesus that leave and left everything to follow him. So today, I invite you to consider these things. How may we be amazed, filled to the breaking share our abundance, leave fear behind, keep on going, accept the invitation of God in Christ to find ways to follow Jesus in our daily life, helping each other to find that path and power it up with God's light and love. How will we respond to the call of faith? How will we respond to call of hope, to the call of hope, to live in hope? And how will we respond when we are called to obedience? And where will that obedience lead us next? Whatever we discern, We need not fear be wrong because God is with us. God is with us. And even though Simon said, I'm a sinful man, and even though in Isaiah the unclean lips had to be purified, God's call is to free us through forgiveness, to free us from our fears, to free us from the burdens so that we may serve him. Because life's too hard without him. Amen.